welcome to the first ever episode two of frankly speaking podcast Welcome to Frankly Speaking Podcast, episode two. We made it to a second episode. It was fantastic. I got a lot of juicy topics for you today. Well, just one main topic. And what I'm going to do going forward is try to add a little general section where I talk about little miscellaneous topics that might be of interest for you to go and uh, check out on your own. They they may turn into bigger topics down the road, you know, never know. If you go and look into it, you might fall down a rabbit hole. Next time we, you know, broach that topic, you'll be able to think about it a little deeper, you know, or be able to know what I'm talking about if you don't already. Because most of you are highly intelligent anyway. So uh, with that said, how are you? How's your week been since the last episode? Uh, I got a lot of positive feedback about episode one. Mostly, I mean, all the feedback that I've gotten was very uplifting and just confirmation for me that I finally made one of the best decisions I've made in a long time to finally do this podcast. Where you can't even turn on local news or national news and see anything else. But this uh, COVID-19 thing, nowhere. Only way you can get good quality, non-journal, yellow journalism reporting is in the alternative space, the alternative news sites, the news sites that aren't ran by, you know, billionaires and government entities so on and so forth and i'm glad those sites exist because right now they're carrying the news that you wouldn't be able to get elsewhere or unless you you know look at news from sources outside of the country but uh with that said like i said there's so many different things going on and uh just a little you know as the since the last podcast some um articles that I've came across that have caught my eye. One of the topics that we'll talk about in this little general section uh, is, did you all see that they confirmed the UFOs stating that, you know, that the UFOs are real and uh, they released some footage. I'm sure the mainstream media picked that up. You know, it's a, always been a controversial thing here in this country so uh but i did watch one of the videos and i mean as someone that's kind of been you know aware of these things for a long time and looking at these even since you know high school this doesn't come as a shock however 
seeing it blasted about so much kind of gives you some type of validation like look i always knew they was there or whatever these unidentified flying objects as they call them are that you know like i knew this whole time you know like i've been you know looking at ancient aliens and you know all those documentaries that they used to have on back in the day on the history channel and, and the science channel that a lot of you probably watch just like me and or, you know, if you want to step further and want a little deeper into it, you probably already knew. But for the general for the general folk, this is great. You know, it gives them something else to focus on. But it more so it, it allows us to, un, you know, take a step back again and realize, like, maybe just maybe there might be other sentient beings in our immediate vicinity that we may not be aware of outside of ourselves, which is going to be a big contentious point with uh, people on this planet, just just the way the overall culture is. So another, uh, which kind of brings me to a uh, another interesting thing that I saw that I've been waiting on for some time is um, I don't know how many of you are readers or avid readers, I read uh, a lot of different topics and genres, specifically Lovecraft. I like H.P. Lovecraft. I like his style, although he was a bit of a, uh, he was a man of his time, let's just put it that way, uh, and overtly, um, you know, lack of a better term, prejudice or, just, or, or racist, as I say, he's a man of his time. However, his writing style is fantastic. Uh, and speaking of Lovecraft, there's a new show coming out on HBO called Lovecraft Country. And uh, Jordan Pelly, Peel, Jordan Peel, however you say his name, nonetheless, he's the director of Get Out. He's the director of Us. He also did the most recent Twilight Zone. And he'll be directing... Lovecraft Country. This series on HBO, uh, the book that it's based on is called Lovecraft Country. It's uh, by Matt Ruff. Amazing book. When I tell you that this book is, was one of the best books I've read in phew, maybe the last 10 years in that fictional space, um, the book is, is, is phenomenal. The series doesn't start until August. So if you have time, if you want something to do, I would highly recommend going to pick up Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country by Matt Ruff. And, ah, oh man, what, a, what an amazing book. The main character is a black man uh, living in the 60s, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It's been some time since I read it. Um, and... It's just, it follows the Lovecraftian style of writing, and it's everything you want. You didn't even know you needed this until you read it or until you watch the show. It's 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 going to be great. So I would suggest uh, picking that up or at least checking out the uh, trailer. If you Google Lovecraft Country HBO, it'll pop up for the uh, trailers. And, you know, I actually... I'm looking at the book right now. It's, a, it's on my bookshelf there. 
I'm gonna I'm probably gonna reread it before the series uh starts up again. Um, I think I uh, I got it. Wow, it was like thirty dollars when I bought it because I had bought it brand new. It like just came out, and I'm like looking for something to read at the time, and uh, I was like, oh, let me check this thing out. You know, I read a few Lovecraft stories. I had a, a anthology of Lovecraft at the time, so. Uh, I picked it up, and I, I'm glad I did this thing. 2016. So it's been about four years. It's been about four years, I guess. And uh, what a what a what an amazing book. A chimerical blend of magic, power, hope, and freedom that stretches across time, touching diverse members of two black families. Lovecraft Country is a devastating kaleidoscopic sorry portrait of racism. The terrifying specter that still haunts us today. That's like one of the little excerpts at the bottom of the uh, of the book there. Um, so definitely check that out and uh, enjoy yourselves when you do. The next topic was pretty interesting. Uh, I came across the article about human ver- humans versus robots, right? And the title is Human versus Robots, the difference between AI and AGI. And pretty much what this what it what that is is AI is just artificial intelligence as we know it right now, just like regular robots, you know, software that we use for work and things like that. Um, then you have AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, right? The difference between the two is going to be um AI is more of task oriented. So you tell it what to do and it goes and does the task. You know, it's kind of like automation. You know, you tell it to do something and it goes, completes the task for you. AGI is going to be not only can the thing complete the task, but it can also think for itself and make decisions as it completes the task. You see? So uh, if you go check out the article, it'll give you a good brief um summary or into what's the difference between the two and it it goes into you know the Turing test which is you know Alan Turing he created a test where uh you sit some a human and a machine in a you know in the room right and there's a uh a divider between them the human talks to the machine and if the human can't figure out that it's talking to a machine then the machine wins now if the human can figure out that it's talking to a machine then you know the machine fails or the ai fails the turing test so that's a big popular um experiment that went on in the 50s so uh yeah, check it out. I think if you're interested in those type of things, then it that probably will be a topic in the future because I'm super big into technology and the use and intention behind the technology. So uh, that will definitely be something that's going to be that show up here again. So check that out. So, the, you know, check out the the, confirma- the confirmation of the UFOs. Also check out uh, 
Lovecraft Country, which is, you know, and I don't, I'm not, you know, paid to advertise these things. However, Lovecraft Country, like I said, was a book that I read and thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think a lot of you will as well. And if you're interested in AI, because the AI is going to be very important and it's going to impact all of our lives. And it, it is right now. We use it every day. So that's definitely something you want to stay abreast about and at least a basic understanding of what it is and what the intentions behind using this evolution of AI will be. You know, a good movie to, to see a difference between them will be iRobot with Will Smith. Good movie. Um, and you'll see what the difference between AI and general artificial intelligence or AGI. So with that, that's going to conclude our little general section or I'll dump in some miscellaneous topics that I thought were interesting at the time. So now we're going to jump right into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. Whew. This is a, a juicy one, so kind of bear with me a little bit as I uh, try to talk about this particular topic because it's going to impact uh, me as I'm speaking about it, but it's also going to impact you as well. Even thinking about it, it's just so fascinating. The resilience of the mind, spirit, and the body together. You know, and that trinity, when all aligned, is unbeatable. Like it's nothing you can't accomplish when you are in alignment with yourself. You know, and one of the quotes or phrases that I've always kind of resonated with is form follows function, right? So when you're doing things properly, when you're functioning as you should be and with respect to whatever it is that you're doing, then you're going to enter in a form or a purple patch where you're just in a, it's like being in a groove, you know, and, uh, you, you, you see a lot of players in sports world that are playing at an extremely high level for a period of time. You know, that's a good, that's a good example of form following function. They're functioning, they're doing everything. They're doing the basics. Well, then on top of that, they're doing Whatever skill that requires them to do the task or sport that they're playing, they're doing that also well. So that's form. So they're just, you know, for the last couple of nights, for example, you know, this player has been just on fire. You know, you've seen that a lot with the greats, you know, RIP Kobe, one of the greats that you've seen it. You've seen times where he wasn't doing very well sometimes, which is rare. But then you had nights where it was, you know, five, six nights in a row where he was just crushing it. Nobody can stop him. That's an example of great form following following function. And this kind of form follows function is kind of what this topic tonight is really about. The topic tonight is post-traumatic growth. And post-traumatic growth is basically when you're able to find positive change after going through adversity or challenges. Some call it trauma, but that's really what it is, is adversity 
and or challenges and you rise above to a higher level of functioning. And when you can rise above to a higher level of functioning, that's when you hit good form, good posture, so to say, in whatever it is in respect to what you're doing. In some cases, uh, a lot of our traumas in life are via relationships with other people. And this is why I said all of us can relate to this topic because we all been through adversity and difficult challenges. And some of us even deeper have been through real trauma with someone else involved in a relationship. Now, it really doesn't, it's irrelevant what level of relationship or what kind of relationship it was, but each one of us can say that, yes, we've been through a very difficult, challenging time with an ex or, you know, a family member that, you know, for some of it was borderline traumatic. And if not, you know, traumatic, but being able to rise above to a higher level after that traumatic event, after being able to bounce back and go through the emotional work and find a higher self after something going through something like that is what post-traumatic growth is all about. I spoke about resilience. So over the the last thousands of years, you know, going all the way back to, you know, predating the uh, big three uh, worldview systems currently back, even back to, you know, 10,000, 20,000 years to the ancient societies that we pretty much based a lot of our, you know, worldview and spirituality off of have always spoken about the transformative powers of suffering and the finding meaning in human suffering, right? And we do that every day. You know, that's what part of this human experience that we're having is all about. It's finding how to and what is the meaning of going through, you know, quote unquote, negative experiences in life. A lot of us, you know, suffering is how we learn, right? That's what they tell us anyway, trial and error. And, you know, that brings, that begs another question, like, do we have to go through trial and error to learn what we need to learn as people? Is there another way? You know, because really the only way that we know is trial and error. How you know if if you don't like it, if you don't try it? We teach that to our children every day. But what if we already know what we don't like already? You see? What if we the children know they're not going to like it? They see it, they don't like it. They don't like the way it looks, they don't like it. They don't like the way it smells, they don't like it. (laughs) They try it, they don't like the way it tastes, they don't like it. They already told you this, but we kind of forced them to try it anyway. What if that's not the way we're supposed to do things? What if that in and of itself is a way that we call suffering and start the suffering process? That's just a thought. So going through a phase where we're having growth after a traumatic event 
has so many different layers of nuance and it follows the, you know, the typical path of uh, accepting change, especially what's happening at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of trauma for people, you know, you know, all the quarantine, the COVID-19 stuff. People are afraid of, of the air that they breathe, that they need necessary to survive. So this event that's happening in our lives that none of us have ever foreseen happening is traumatic to some folk. You know, like it really has taken a big chunk out of people's psyche. And they're going to have to grow from that. After this is, you know, after outside opens up and uh, people start to get back to their <laughs> normal routines, which is probably not a good thing. Uh, because being able to see life differently right now, I think has been, as I spoke about in the last episode, I think has been a huge positive in most of our lives. But this post-traumatic growth and it's, you know, even this COVID thing, it just falls right into uh, the areas where post-traumatic growth is usually seen. So a good article to check out about post-traumatic growth is uh, it's in Psychology Today. Um, the article is called Post-Traumatic Growth. There can be positive change after adversity. And if you type that in, uh, post-traumatic growth, you know, plus uh, psychology today, or if you just type type in post-traumatic growth into uh, Google, they will, uh, if you scroll down, maybe a, a couple links, it should be right there. And they talk about in this article, five areas that post-traumatic growth tends to occur in. Those areas are appreciation of life relationship with others, new possibilities in life, personal strength, and spiritual change. I don't know about you all, but I've had post-traumatic growth <laughs> in all of those areas, you know, especially, you know, appreciation of life, which happened for me, you know, kind of earlier on in my teen years, um, but relationship with others, new possibilities in life, which this one here, new possibilities, is why we're sitting here having this conversation on this podcast. Personal strength is also, you know, attributed to that as well, and spiritual change. Like these are areas that many of us have or or are seeking growth in. Now, I think one of the because all of these are really tied together and just they you can't really have one without the other you know a growth in personal strength can mean anything in terms of personal strength with yourself it can be personal mental strength it can be physical strength you know it can be emotional strength which usually any of those you know it can be spiritual strength which is spiritual change but also if you have growth in physical strength that also leads to growth in other areas of strength as well. You can't, it's really difficult to strengthen one area of yourself without having positive impact on the other areas of self. They all, that trinity, the mind, body, spirit, go hand in hand. 
you know, they can be out of balance. And that's a reason why a lot of us, you know, usually come across, you know, traumatic things because we're doing things that are not in tune with what we really want. We're kind of going against our own life force stream. You know, being in that relationship that you knew from the beginning wasn't going to work out, but you went through it anyway, you kind of manifested the trauma for yourself, you know, and that doesn't excuse how the other person reacted or acted towards you or treated you, so on and so forth. And it definitely doesn't excuse your own reaction and actions towards that person and the things that you caused on them. Because you both caused trauma because you both knew it wasn't going to work from the beginning in most cases. So, um, and that's the thing that we have to, you know, keep in mind, right? We have to keep in mind taking accountability for our own decisions. These things aren't written in your life is not written so much as, oh, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. No, no, no. You need to take responsibility And not so much responsibility is that's the wrong term to use. And sometimes we always use the wrong terms to describe the things that we need to do or going through. And in this case, responsibility is way overused and used incorrectly. We need to take accountability for the decisions, not responsibility. Responsibility is your ability to respond to stimuli. Accountability is taking the blame for what the decisions and actions and or reactions that you have done towards whatever situation that was, whether it was, you know, any area, any of those five areas that I explained previously, those all fall on you. Taking the accountability to realize like, hey, okay, I made that decision to go to do X, Y, and Z. I made that decision to be with that person. I made that decision to go to, you know, follow this particular worldview, so on. After we go, after we make that decision initially, right, we go on through the relationship, it turns out to be terrible. It wasn't what we wanted it to be in any of those five areas, you know, appreciation of life, relationships, possibilities in life, personal strength, or spiritual growth. You know, so whatever that, whichever, which one of those that are resonating with you at the moment and where you are at in your personal life, you have to look back and take accountability to where you are. No one made you do any of these things. Unless, you know, you're one of the, you know, millions of folk, you know, that were forced to go to, you know, church with (laughs) with your grandparents or with your mother or father. And you didn't want to get up and go, you know, that's trauma too. Like that counts, you know, but you remember those times where, you know, it's six o'clock in the morning and you, uh, you know, they come in the room, Hey, get up. It's time to go. And you like, what, what you mean? I don't feel like going. You better get up and get in that bathroom. We, <laughs> we all been through that traumatic event as, as children. So, you know, for those of us that has, that's happened to, And, you know, there's growth after that, too. But, you know, outside of that, you know, these things are. (sighs) So I'll share a story. Let me see. Appreciation of life. Let's go with that one. So 
in my teen years, I went through a phase where I was seeking uh, meaning in life because the current state that I was at and the current mindset and the understanding that I had was not conducive to how I was seeing life unfold in front of me. So I was like, you know, looking everywhere. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Why isn't this making sense? Why isn't that making sense? And as most of us do through our teen years, trying to, you know, sort the world out in a way that we can understand and, you know, and move about. One night I was up, you know, looking around on the Internet, looking, you know, reading through things, as I said, you know, like UFO stuff and, you know, the nature of consciousness and all of these things, just soaking up so much different information that I've never came across before. And I came across meditation. So I'm probably at this age, uh, 16, 17. And I tried it out for the first time. I was like, oh, yeah, this is not going to (laughs) work. This is this is dumb. You know, I sit here, nothing's happening. You know, my mind keeps racing. Every time I close my eyes, I'm thinking about 40 things. In like the span of three seconds, this is not going to work. So I get, you know, I stopped for a little bit, but then eventually I went back to it and I kind of tried to push through that section where, you know, try to quiet your mind is the goal, right? Trying to control your inner self. And eventually I was able to get to a point where I could sit for about five minutes completely still and silent in my mind. And I'm going to tell you, it led to one of the greatest experiences I have personally experienced with myself and within myself. And as a result of that, the adverse, the adversity, sorry, that I went through those, those teen years up until that point at that moment, I had a catharsis, I guess you would call it. And what happened was, this is going to sound cliche, but it's in that moment when I realized the path that I needed to go on and the type of mindset that I needed to adopt to become the man that's speaking to you now, I had a elation of a feeling that it was like I was floating, but at the same time, it felt like all the weight was lifted off of me. And I've never, and still to this day, I have never felt anything like that. The result of that was being able to appreciate life because from that moment forward, that growth that I had, that I've reached in that moment allowed me to see the environment. So when I walked outside that very next day to go to school, everything was so much brighter. The colors on the trees, the sky, the sound, everything I color had had either returned or I gained the color in life. And as a metaphor, but also physically, that's what happened. Everything was so much brighter. I started to really appreciate <laughs> the, the the bus rides to school, you know, just looking at the scenery and 
hearing, you know, because, you know, going to high school, I lived in the suburbs and hearing the birds in the morning and the rustle and tussle of the night creatures at night, it, it was uh, the most liberating experience and the best part of growth after the uh, turbulent couple of months that was leading up to that point. And I was in a dark space uh, looking back on it now. It's ridiculous, but uh, it was an it was a necessary growth that I needed. There's so many of us that are going through that very thing in any one of those areas of life right now. And we might be we might come across these people I'm like, oh, man, they, you know, they be tripping you know, by messing with them. Their energy's bad. Their vibes are bad. You know, everyone is always talking about energies and vibes. However, you don't even, you know, yeah, their their energy might be a little off because they might be going through something. But, you know, everyone wants so much unbalance of positivity in their lives right now. You know, that's all that's it, it's it's a trend. It's, it's trendy to be positive at the moment. Not to say that being positive isn't going to help you manifest the things that are, that you want in life because it absolutely will however when you take it overboard and positivity can become toxic and i know that doesn't you're like what positivity becoming toxic when you're overly positive you're unbalanced being overly positive can be detrimental just like being over negative can be detrimental you know, you have two, you're, there's always extremes to everything, right? So what I mean by being too positive or overly positive is you start to be dishonest with yourself. You start seeing things as happening and you kind of start ignoring them because you're being positive, right? Oh, I see this, but I'm not going to say anything because I have a positive vibe and I'm trying to keep a positive vibe. So you start to... Um, deceive yourself and you start to deceive others because you're supposed to be positive you start to see things in a relationship and you're you you overlooking it because you're trying to be positive you're trying to manifest something that all you need to do in that case is address the thing that is happening and that's the way to be positive so we have an idea of a one set track mind of what positivity is and i think sometimes you know we kind of go overboard with it and that can lead to trauma in and of itself. So there's growth from recovering from being overly negative and there's growth from recovering from being overly positive as well. So again, you want to have a good level of balance when you're using your energies in life. You don't want to, you know, be just the negative Nancy as they call them. And you don't want to be the, you know, positive Betty. If that's a, a term, <laughs> I could have just made it up. But, you know, you get what I'm saying. You don't always, because those people are annoying. Nobody wants to be around those people. People want to be around people who are balanced, who know how to turn on the positivity and turn it off, who knows how to, you know, be a little negative at times or to see things as they are rather than blowing fluff. It can become really you know detrimental you see so uh 
that's the only thing I, I just want to, you know, and that's where the, as, as I said, that's where the balance comes in and finding what your own balance and the universe requires balance. The earth requires balance. Your body requires balance or equilibrium, I should say. And balance doesn't mean equal. It means finding that enough balance. Are you a 60, 40 person? Are you a 50, 50 person? When it comes to balance and or, you know, reality, so to say, or I guess negativity, you know, you got to have that balance for yourself and you need to find that equilibrium in yourself or you're going to be one of these overly positive people where they're going to people are going to come across you and you're going to be, like, oh, yeah, man, you know, good vibes, good vibes. And people are going to get annoyed. You know, like, oh, I mean, because it does get annoying after a while when you keep hearing people, oh, good vibes around me. Oh, like, man, shut up. Like, cause your energy doesn't match what you're saying and that's what it's going to come up to. So being able to have growth in those areas of life is necessary. So you can find again, as I, as I pointed out last podcast purpose, you know, your equilibrium. And when you are able to do that and you identify these, this growth pattern, it's a liberating experience. It really is, you know, and that was just, you know, one point of growth that I've had after a really distressful period in my life. You know, another one would have been the growth after, you know, relationships. And and <laughs> this is a big one because all of us can relate to this. You know, after we, you know, in that relationship, we thought was going to be the, the best relationship and we were really attracted to that person. And they, you know, they seem to check off all the boxes, you know, and it turns out, you know, two years, three years, four years later that they wasn't who you thought they were or you wasn't who you thought you were. And that's a traumatic event in and of itself, realizing when you're in that relationship and that other person holds a mirror up to you. As you hold a mirror up to them and you see that you ain't the person that you thought you were going to be. You thought that you were had it all figured out. You knew who you was and you knew how you would react. But that ain't the case, you know, because when you get into these relationships, relationships or, you know, the ending of relationships, most of the time are traumatic because you were faced with yourself. And one of the processes of going through growth is when you get to a point where you have amassed some knowledge, you know, and let's, and we're speaking about the self, you, you figure out like, okay, I like this. I don't like this. I know how I'm kind of going to lean towards in this type of situation. Boom, boom, boom. Right. And you get in a relationship with somebody, everything's, you know, the honeymoon phase that they say, like usually what the, I don't know, the first six months or so. And then after that, you start to kind of see who the other person is and they kind of start to see you as well. But at the same time, you're looking at yourself because in a relationship, there's a two way street at all times. Right. There's an action and there's a reaction. So at every moment in a relationship with someone, doesn't matter what kind of relationship it is. It could be with a relationship with any type of now person, place or thing. There's two things happening from you and there's two things happening from that other person at all times. 
there's a reaction from you and there's also an action from you. This is where the mirror comes in. So when you're reacting to whatever they're doing, you're also acting to whatever they're doing because they're reacting to you. So if you're upset about something and you, you know, you bring it up like, why didn't you, why you do this or why you do that? The action is you're being confrontational, but the reaction is being reactionary to whatever stimuli they did. You know, they did something you didn't like. So you were, you confronted it, which was your action, but it caused the action from the reaction of whatever they did. See, it's a cause and effect. It's a two way street and they're doing the same thing to you, which again, in turn, holds up a mirror because you're seeing yourself and they're also seeing their self. And after the relationship is over, it's like, man, you're in shambles, right? Your mirror was broken. The mirror that you thought was so perfect about yourself because you thought you knew who you were and you had it all figured out, it shattered on the ground. And you got to pick the pieces back up. And this is where the emotional work comes in. And this is where you should be growing in emotional intelligence because now you had the intelligence you know the what to do and how to do it you didn't really do it very well but now it's time to bring up the emotional side and this is the growth of it all this is the growth that happens after traumatic events you know you gain some knowledge and wisdom what not to do what to do however the other side of that is you also gain knowledge and wisdom in the emotional space. And when you can bring both of those up, especially for us men, when you can bring up your emotional intelligence to meet your general intelligence, you know, and this is what, you know, this kind of segues way back to the little uh, segment, you know, in, in the general topics about the AI versus AGI, it's the same thing. AI is just straight core intelligence. AGI is when you're able to add that something extra, that that ability to make a decision on your own is which really is would be equivalent to emotion. You see, because intelligence alone is dangerous and it's harmful. Yes, it's going to get things done. However, it doesn't take into account feeling and heart it's very dry and cold when you can add the emotional part that growth and usually you know for for us men the growth part is in the emotional section we add that in boom now now you're you're up to you're up to speed and for women it's the it's just the opposite you're already highly intelligent in the emotional space. That's why your intuitions are pretty, you know, usually on point. Sometimes they can be, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing here because, you know, not allowing your traumatic past dictate your intuition or being able to discern between the two is a very difficult thing. And a lot of us, you know, a lot of women get caught in that. And a lot of men get caught in that too, where you had a traumatic event and instead of, you know, and then you think it's intuition, like, oh, I know he's doing something, but really, no, no, no. That's just you going through something that you didn't take care of emotionally previously. 
that man not doing nothing. Sometimes he is, but most cases he probably not doing nothing. You just went through something so terrible to you that broke you emotionally that you can't let that go. And being able to discern between trauma and intuition is a slippery slope when your emotions have been uh, distressed at a high level. But again, for our ladies out here going through, you know, you're like I said, you're already highly intelligent in the emotional space. But being able after after a breakup like that, right, if that's what it was, being able to bring up your intelligence alone. So the masculine space is sometimes where you all have to focus on. You know, not saying that you need to overpower your emotions because I wouldn't advocate for that at all. But bring, you know, being able to tap into a little bit more of that helps you gain radiance, helps you gain wisdom. And, it, you know, that's a lot of the time the difference between the younger women and, you know, the older women is the radiant of wisdom and vice versa for men. And that's the appeal of the older men versus the younger men is the radiance of wisdom. He now knows how to properly display emotion. He now knows that he needs to support his woman emotionally first, then offer solutions. You see, and these are also, these are, you know, examples of post-traumatic growth. This is what happens. So I pose a question, uh, you know, when we got into this topic, you know, is suffering something that we, that is necessary for, or do we already know what we truly want, but we are taught to circumvent that and try it anyway, you know, and I've, I've, po I've been pondering that question for a long time, even <laughs> since I was a kid or a child, sorry. And I'm, like I said, I remember sitting at the dinner table and, uh, just, not wanting anything green on my plate. Couldn't stand it. You know, if it was green, don't put it there. I don't want it. And, you know, my grandmother, my uh, mom's mother, would not let me leave the table until I tried it. You don't know if you like it. You ain't even tried it yet. Listen, woman, I know what I don't like and what I do like. And that green thing ain't one of them. You know, and, you know, so... And it's a funny thing and it, it, it doesn't seem harmful on the, you know, cause as adults, we know, cause that's what we know. We know, Oh, try it and see if you like it, you know? And I still go through that to the day, you know, for, so I'll, I tell you a little personal thing. I don't drink smoke. I've never done, uh, any drugs like, you know, mushrooms, you know, anything like that. Weed, nothing. And you know, I have a good amount of friends that do. And I remember, you know, finally meeting up with these group of friends in my early 20s, right? We were going out. I was always designated driver. And every and since then, even my family, there's my cousins, you know, they all, even my mom and pop asked me from time to time, you, you still not 
drinking nothing. You don't want nothing. You know, like, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, I don't like it. How you know you don't like it if you ain't try it? Because I know. And, you know, those are things I've just never, you know, requ- had a desire or require to partake in. And I don't mind it. You know, like I said, everyone has their own thing. Um, it's just not mine. And I still felt the same way, you know, as a child. I felt the same way as with them broccolis and, you know, spinach and anything green. It's just like, why do you want that? You know, that's not, I don't want that. I have no desire to eat that. But I digress there. But yeah, so post-traumatic growth. You know, and like I said, it's, it's something that we've all experienced and we still experience today. And we're definitely going to experience right now after outside opens up the amount of camaraderie that's going to happen. All the barbecues that's going to people are just going to be so happy to see each other. And that healing needed to be done. So, you know, yeah, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes, you know, uh, you know, with the change of the economic landscape into a digital currency landscape, which will happen and is happening. For those of you who aren't aware, you definitely need to start reading up on digital currencies and digital assets. Don't be naive and think that. You know, it's always going to be paper money. Paper money wasn't always here. You know, they had a whole nother system before paper money came. It's always going to be evolution. There's always going to be growth. There's always going to be change. So don't get stuck in the mode that, oh, okay, it's just, just, this is the way things are. If this, you know, lockdown or, you know, voluntary isolation has taught you anything, it should be that don't get too comfortable in the way things are enjoy things as they come but don't get too comfortable be able be fluid you know life is movement in all areas life is movement and with that that's going to conclude episode two i hope you appreciate the topic see you next time thank you for listening to episode two frankly speaking podcast is now up on itunes as well as soundcloud please go like subscribe tell a friend family member tell someone you don't even know if you was just listening to it i appreciate it a lot and see you next time on episode three